This is a fairly ridiculous podcast. Please keep in mind that while we are a positive podcast, we will be discussing dark tales, and the content may not always be up to par with current cultural and social standards. Welcome back to Fairly Ridiculous, a ridiculous podcast about short stories, fairy tales, and everything in between. I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. Every other week, we will read a new fairy tale, short story, fable, parable, or something else and talk about it. Yep. That's so, what we do. Yeah. We've read two stories so far. Mm-hmm. This is number three. Yeah. It's gone really well. I I like the conversations that we get to have. They're great conversations. Yeah. And I like that we don't talk about the stories before. <laughs> we don't. This is all fresh. We read the story separately and then we come together and we share our experience about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when we... Because we did it with the first story with the boy who left home. Mm-hmm. We talked about it for a hot second. And we shared some things that were really on brand with the aha. Mm-hmm. Move, the, the aha thing that we came up with. Um, and I don't even remember if we even got to cover them mm-hmm. once we finished the story. I mean, we kind of did. Yeah, I think we, we circled back to but it. But that, yeah, but that fresh aha realization moment didn't come. And then when we did the ugly duckling, the really ugly duckling. The really ugly duckling. It was all, like, raw conversation. Exactly. So that was really good. I like the raw. I like the real, this is me, this is you, discovery. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, how was your week, Andrea? What's new? What's good? My week. It was... The thing that is new is nothing. Because insurance is boring. And the thing that is good is that I had an 11-day pay period versus just a normal 10. So this paycheck was a little bit bigger. Yay! (laughs) So that was a good thing that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Insurance is so boring. (laughs) (laughs) What's new? What was good for you? Um, Not a whole lot of new stuff. There's there's a lot going on with work. I've never worked with um, the demographic that I'm working with now before. Mm. So there's a lot of new challenges and a huge learning curve. Um, I love my job. I love going to it every day. Um, I love every single kid that walks through my door, comes into my classroom. That's cool. Yeah, they're fantastic. I really appreciate them for who they are. Um, So we have decided, because as our listening base is growing friends Mm -hmm. are telling friends and those friends are telling their friends about us right um when we hit 100 followers likes downloads and listeners on any of our platforms we're gonna do something special to celebrate that with you guys we don't know what yet but we've decided we're gonna do that 
Also, make sure you are subscribing to us on YouTube because... Yes, so um, with YouTube, they've got restrictions on what you can do at certain levels. And our first goal for our YouTube channel is if we hit 100 subscribers, we can actually pick our own personal URL. So right now, it's just a random URL that is given to us. But once we hit 100, we can personalize it and it'll be... Um, it'll be... What is our, our handles for everything? AFR podcast. Yeah, because I know all that. It'll be AFR podcast. It'll be YouTube backslash AFR podcast. But we can't do that yet until we hit 100 YouTube subscribers. So that is goal number one. And once we do that, we'll do something special. Yeah. So we, yeah, we want to hit 100 YouTube subscribers first. Yes. And we'll do something to celebrate that and let you guys know when we can change our URL. And then when we hit 100 downloads, subscribers on uh, listening platforms, Um, and just listeners in general when we can count on our fingers 10 times how many listeners listeners we have we'll celebrate that yes so goals we've got goals yep goals are important yeah so um this week's story is the young giant from Grimm's fairy tales Grimm's Tales for Young and Old. Yes, the complete stories. The complete stories. Found on page 311, I believe. Yep, on our version of the books. Yes. If that's not your version, you're wrong. (laughs) Get a new one. (laughs) Get a new one. So for these longer stories, um, we're summarizing them in 150 words or less. Mm -hmm. But with... This is the first time I've done it. So... And I didn't even get to 100 words in the summary. So I'm wondering if maybe we want to hack that down to 100 words, but we're and I don't even want to try to do that yet, because this is the first story. 150 words is pretty small. Yeah. So I'll just dive right into the summary. All right, what happened, Haley? What happened to the story? So to sum up the young giant, once upon a time there was a boy who was so small that he was no bigger than a thumb. One day, a giant comes and takes the boy away, and for six years the giant fed him and took care of him so well that the boy grew into a giant. When the boy comes home, he eats all of the food in his parents' house and demands his father get him a massive iron rod. When his father fails to do so, the boy sets out to find one on his own. Mm -hmm. 94 words. Boom. Yeah. Good summary, and you leave it like with a like. Ah, oh, what's gonna actually happen? Yeah, there's more to it than that. Well done on your sum. <laughs> well done on your summary. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's funny. So I we don't know how old the boy is at this point in the story, but I'm assuming he's probably young, probably under the age of ten. When the giant takes him away. Yeah. Ooh, let's see. Maybe even. 12. I would say young. Maybe even younger. Yeah. Because it says in four quite... He was born... No, he had a son. Oh, but he just had a son. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was born the size of a thumb, and he just didn't grow for quite a few years. So how long is quite a few? A few is what? Three. Three or more. Three. So, like, we're talking... Maybe he's five before... The giant took him away. He's so little. Teeny tiny. I'm talking like no bigger than a thumb. Yeah. He's pixie like thumb- size. He's like Thumbelina. Yeah. This is the male version of Thumbelina going on. 
So, in the beginning of the story, the father, they're, they're peasants and they own a farm. Mm-hmm. They farm. And the father was going out to plow the fields and the boy asked if he could go with. And his father said, you just stay here. You'd be no use to me out in the fields and you could get lost. And I think the last part of that sentence is the most significant. Mm-hmm. Even though he tells his son he wouldn't be useful out in the fields, which is true. Right. He's, he's this super big, small. Unless he's like taking the kernels out of the corn. Which even for son. <laughs> yeah. Um, he expresses fear of losing his child. And when the boy starts to cry, the father puts him in his pocket and takes him out into the field with him and puts the boy down in a fresh furrow. Now, I didn't know what a furrow was, but mm-hmm. I did Google it. Okay, what's a furrow? And a furrow is, you know, when you're plowing a field uh-huh. with a horse-drawn plow, that groove in the ground that that plow makes is called a furrow. Oh, okay. Well, we learned our, here's a word we learned, furrow. There's like five of them in this story that That's I exciting. need to Google, so. Some of them I re- I Googled myself, mm-hmm. and then some of them we're gonna, I want to leave up to them to yeah, you, you guys. listeners, <laughs> y'all, y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all people, y'all listening ears, <laughs> y'all earballs. There, oh my gosh, I just named our fan base earballs, earballs. What's up, earballs? <laughs> Can that be their name? Do they pick their own name or do we name them? Um, it's like. Communal effort, I think. Okay, well... We'll throw it out there. One for earballs. All right, Andrea, let's call them earballs, and then we'll tick it off. <laughs> and then if someone comes up with something else, we'll pick that one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll pick that one if somebody else comes with something. Well, okay, <laughs> challenge. Here's the challenge. You are currently named Earballs until you come up with a better name for yourselves. So if you don't like it, get to brainstorming. Get to brainstorming, people, because <laughs> Earballs is it. This is your name. This is your, your Earballs. <laughs> anyway, so he get, puts them in a furrow. <laughs> yep, he sends them down in a fresh furrow. As they're hanging out in the field, the father spots a giant in the distance, and he says to his son, See the big boogeyman? He's going to carry you away. Thinking that using the scare tactic would make his son behave. Didn't. No. It didn't work. Lo and behold, watch what you say because speaking truth is a real thing. Because <laughs> that giant strides right over to them and absolutely does pick up that tiny boy and carries him away. Yeah. He just kidnapped that kid. Yeah, he, he just I know. fucked him up. Although I'm also wondering how big this giant is because... If the boy is the size of a regular person's thumb and a giant picks him up, how is he not smashing him between his thingies? Well, it's it can't be too big. Eight foot is giant. So we're thinking like a big old basketball player. Seven Are we, though? I'm not thinking no 10, 12 foot giant. Not like Big Jack and the Beanstalk giant. There's different levels of giant. There's Hagrid giant. There's... I just stole your Harry Potter quote. Your Harry Potter Actually, reference. we'll just... We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. So, I, that's what I thought. I thought more of, like... I was thinking of a big giant, because that's what I think of when I think of giant, is, like, 15, 20 Jack feet. Jack the beanstalk size giant. 
Yeah. And I, for this, though, for the sake of this story, I don't, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking more eight, eight foot, nine foot. Yeah, because, well, we'll get to that part, but later on, when he encounters more people, um, everyone else besides his parents are totally fine with how big he is. Yeah. They don't bat an eyelash at it. Right. So he's just a really big man. I wonder if just translation-wise. Yeah. He's just a tall... Like Andre the Giant. He's Andre the Giant. Because he's just a very large man. He's not really a real tall. giant. Exactly. He's not a woolly mammoth. Is culturally... Are they culturally called giants at certain mm-hmm. sizes? Just like culturally they called people dwarves at certain mm-hmm. sizes. It's just so I I when I read the story I read it as just a really big guy like Andre the Giant who's mm-hmm. really tall. I had a lot of questions about <laughs> the giant realm, but we'll get to that. Okay, I did. I made note of it. Okay. Um, so the giant comes over and he picks up the boy and he carries him away, mm-hmm. and I felt really bad for the father at this point because uh, not only was he. Ch- too shocked and too frightened to do anything, he was left thinking that he would never see his son as son again. Yeah. And I can't imagine the guilt that he must have felt essentially jinxing himself and then being incapable of taking action. Because he's a man. He's the head of the house. He is the father. And mm-hmm. he was so scared in that moment. He was so paralyzed he couldn't do anything. And then he had to go home and tell his wife what happened. Right. I mean, he'd already probably had left him home all these years and never brought his son out to to plow and the mm-hmm. one time he finally does like fine I'll let you come out with me he loses his child yeah which was the fear that he had he didn't want to get his child lost mm-hmm. and the first time he takes him with him that's exactly what happens exactly what happens yeah so the giant takes the boy home with him and he nurtures the boy for two years but in the story it says suckles and I was not totally comfortable with that word. <laughs> but it's context and it's fine. But I'm like, there's got to be another, there's got to be synonyms for this that I can explore and use. And that's what it was, is... Suckling's like, an, like a nurturing... Yeah, nurturing, right. um, nutrition, growth. Mm-hmm. That's the context that they use stuckle in so I'm using those words instead of suckling (laughs) so he nurtures the boy for two years until he himself was a giant and the boy goes from being the size of a thumb to a regular sized giant in two years that is a lot of stretch marks and growing pain yeah that's gonna be so painful yeah and I'm wondering what is in giant food and is being a giant directly related to what you eat and not genetics. Yeah, because his parents were normal. Yeah. So in this realm, it must be what nature versus nurture going on here. Mm-hmm. So right in this story, they're using nature versus nurture except physically. And physically, mm-hmm. nurture was more prominent than nature. So do you think that his parents were neglecting him because he was so small no i think i think he had genetic potential for this is getting so intense (laughs) i think there's always potential i think genetic potential anywhere um based on 
your parents. You have a genetic potential for, let's go real life, you have a genetic potential for alcoholism that runs in your family. You have a genetic potential for things like depression. You have a genetic potential for anger. Or you have a genetic potential for way too bubbly. You have these genetic mm-hmm. potentials. Um, and maybe giantism is a genetic potential, but the parents weren't tapping into it, so he never grew. Recessive gene. Recessive gene. But the giant, when giant nurtured that genetic potential, it grew. Okay. So I think nature nurture is... Because, you've, I mean, they've done stories where, like, they took twins and for some reason they were separated. They both grew up to be firefighters. There's still that genetic potential. Um, and if you nurture it, it'll happen. But mm-hmm. you can always not nurture it. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, J.K. Rowling has some answering to do. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yes, J.K. Rowling has Does that count as one? Yeah, because I got my one, you got your one. Got it. No, you get... You heard it here first, folks. That's yours. Oh, okay. I get the Harry Potter stuff. And... I have two for this episode. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) You're already going to break the rule. Anyways. (laughs) I think I do it three times. That's funny. So, the old giant... Takes the boy into the woods after the first two years to test his strength and has him pull up a tree. Roots and all. But the old giant is not satisfied with this. The tree is too small. So they go back home and the old giant nurtures nurtures him again for two more years. Mm -hmm. And then he takes the boy back out into the woods and the boy rips out an old strong tree out of the ground. The old giant still isn't satisfied with this because he's super picky and I think he's trying to build a super giant army. <laughs> he's got expectations. Yeah. Of where he wants, where he's got a goal to get his child, his adopted child, to a, a point where he believes that he can then survive the world, the world based on his perspective. Yep. But yeah, again, the old giant still isn't satisfied with the old tree and he takes the boy back home to nurture him for yet another two years for a total of six years of being turned into a giant. Mm Mm-hmm. Super strong. Oh, I stink. In case you didn't see what just happened, Haley just flexed and then realized that her pits were undeodorized. I didn't realize. I sniffed my pits and they are deodorized. I'm just sweating through it. Wahoo! I'm going to switch to men's deodorant. Yeah. Because apparently men are stinkier than women. No. Women are definitely stinkier. Yeah. I haven't shaved my armpits in a really long time. <laughs> it's beautiful. Isn't it? It's like you two should, inches long. You should dye it. I've, I want to dye my armpit hair. I do. I think it'd be fun. What color would you do it? I would do like a uh, green. Green? Blue. Blue green. I think blue would be very nice. Anyways. I would probably do my pink. And so we kind of just talked about it, um, turning this boy into a giant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want I want to know why. Like, why did he take this little boy just randomly? Mm-hmm. And why in such a little, little, little boy, like not just young boy, but itty bitty teeny tiny boy. Yeah. And. Like, what What was motivating the old giant to do this? I think he saw the potential. It's just like, that thing is too small, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, so that's a, a physical represent, representation of when we see kids that 
have potential in different areas of their life. Like, we know that maybe academically right now they're small, but you see different parts of them that, like, I see in you this thing, this quirk that you have. You have potential to grow in that area. Like, you're really, like, you might not be really good at your reading and writing, but you excel at math, or you might not be good at any of the academic at all, but your social and emotional skills are so well developed. Let's put you in this role to help foster that. Yeah. Or, like, there was um, a student that I worked with. Um, she was really good at recognizing patterns and was able to solve the Rubik's Cube really fast. And so, or she was really good at recognizing patterns, and so I was like, let's try this little thing. Let me give you a Rubik's Cube and see what you do with it. And she was solving it. So I think um, there that's, that is, that's a physical representation of, like, somebody seeing something in a child and wanting to nurture that and make it grow into full potential in an area. So just because it is doesn't mean it can't be more. Right, exactly. Untapped potential for sure. Now, stealing a kid from parents, <laughs> no. I wouldn't say that that was a good idea. I mean, there are definitely laws that you need to work with them. Yeah. But I think that's that's what he did. He saw the potential of strength and greatness in this small thing and nurtured it with the right tools, giant food, maybe giant food's magic. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what I... That's how I see it. Okay. Back to that whole... Yeah. Nature, nurture. I think that's a really good explanation. I didn't even see it like that. I was exploring in a... I was definitely going down a darker path. Um, it... I wrote down that it kind of reminded me of Hitler's youth camps. Oh. Just taking children from their homes and turning them into tools. Dang. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Potential can go either way. Yeah. Ex and that, yeah, exactly. It's the intent behind your actions. Mm -hmm. Intent counts. Yes, definitely. Does it count 100%? No, not all the time. Almost, maybe not even ever. But intent counts. Mm -hmm. For sure. So after the six years, they head back out into the woods for the boy to pull up another tree. This time he pulls up the thickest oak tree in sight and snaps it in half, no problem. And the old giant is finally satisfied with this and takes the boy back to the field from where he kidnapped him six years ago. Right. So the boy gets to go home after he turns into a machine. Oh, the machine. The boy's father was out plowing the field at this time, and when the young giant approached him, the father was terrified. I mean, of course he was. Not only is his son a giant now, and probably completely unrecognizable, but the boy has been gone for six years. Right, he thought he was lost forever. Yeah, that's a really long time. And the young giant is like, hey, I'm home! And his dad's like, nope, no you're not. <laughs> I don't know you, go away. Right. So the young giant just says, Listen, let me do the field work for you. I can do it better anyway. So the father steps aside and lets the young giant take over. And at this point, at this moment, I'm thinking, that's very big of the son. Like, I know you don't recognize me. Let me do this work. I'm going to show you that I am still your son. And I, at this moment, I liked the giant, the baby giant. He came home and he's trying to be back in with his family. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. I I appreciated 
the gesture. Yeah. How he presented it, I was like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I, he has just been nurtured by a giant. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Giant culture. Maybe exactly. that's just giant culture. Exactly. Which we'll see throughout the rest of the story. I'm kind of like, is this kid just a jerk or is this giant culture? <laughs> right now, this is giant culture. Yeah. Yeah, let's just, let's say it's giant culture. So the father steps aside and lets the young giant take over. And with one hand, the young giant pushes the plow deep into the ground. And his father can barely stand it. It's too much. And he's like, dude, chill. Please. Like, don't be so rough on my machinery. So the young giant unhitches the horses from the plow and harnesses himself to the plow. And he says to his father, just go home and tell mother to cook me a big dish of food. I'll turn the field over for you in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And he did. He plowed the field, which we find out was two acres, and he harrowed the field himself. What is harrowing? I did not look that up. I think it's sowing. I think he's planting. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, you guys, just let me know, and we'll do Corrections Corner next episode. Mm-hmm. After he's done with the field work, he rips up two oak trees from the woods. There's a lot of oak trees in this story. An oak forest. They tend to spread. Yeah. And he hangs the equipment and horses from the trees and carries the trees on his shoulders all the way home. So he's he's big. He's big. He's strong. Got it. <laughs> Lots of endurance. Mm-hmm. When he gets home, his mother says, Who is that big, horrible man? He can't be our son. He was only a little thing. Baby, baby boy. The boy ignores this and he takes everything out into the barn and puts it away and takes care of the horses. When he comes back in, his mother has two enormous bowls of food that would have lasted her and her husband a week. A week's worth of food. For one One. person. This is where I start not liking this guy. Yeah. (laughs) He gobbles it all up and he asks if they couldn't possibly spare any more for him. So his mother gets a big wash boiler, which... I know what this is. Yeah. It's a big barrel for washing clothes. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah. It took me a second, but context. Got it. figured it out. Context clues. And so she fills it with food, probably everything that they have in the house, and she cooks it over the fire and gives gives it to the young giant. Well, because she's scared of them. Yeah. Like, she's fearful. She's doing this out of fear, not out of, like, love anymore. Yeah. They both are. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she cooks it over the fire and gives it to the young giant. And his response is, at last, I see a few crumbs of food. And he shoveled it all in. He ate all of it. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I'm like, that's so insensitive. And, like, okay, you've been home for five minutes. Fine. I can, I have grace for that. But he doesn't <laughs> stop. Right, exactly. He keeps going. Yeah, it wasn't enough. The food wasn't enough. So he turns to his father and says, I see I'll never get enough to eat in this house. So if you'll just get me a sturdy iron staff that I can break over my knee, I'll leave you and go out into the world. He's just rude. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way he's talking to his parents. Because they might not recognize him. And they're terrified of him. And they're still doing these things for him. But he knows who they are. Mm-hmm. And he could totally afford some civility. Yeah, <laughs> just being generally nice. Mm-hmm. 
Right. That's why it go back to that, is this just, he's been raised and nurtured by a giant. Is this giant culture? Are giants in this realm, this reality, just straightforward mm-hmm. and blunt because they have no, they don't socialize because they're outcasts. Mm-hmm. So has he learned to just, like, be bold, be straight, be up front? And as our culture, we're seeing it through our cultural eyes, we find it to be rude, but mm-hmm. maybe that's just straightforward in giant culture. I don't like giant yeah. culture. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's way too intense. Yeah. He's just being mean. Yeah. His father is so relieved to hear this that he's like, okay, just do this one thing for me and then I'll leave. And honestly, I don't blame him. Like, I understand where mm-hmm. the young giant is coming from being raised by a giant, giant culture. But he, I definitely think he's just being rude now and unappreciative of his parents. He's been gone six years and he's now an unrecognizable, fearsome giant, but his parents are still going out of their way to take care of him. Right. Even though it's through fear. His father hooks up two horses to the wagon and heads to the blacksmiths. He brings back an iron rod, he brings back an iron rod so big and so heavy that the two horses can barely drag it. And when the un- young giant tests its strength, he snaps it in half like a twig. So his father hooks up four horses to the wagon and brings back an iron rod so big and so heavy that the four horses can barely drag it. But of course, like with the trees, the young giant breaks the rod over his knee like it was nothing. So when the father goes back for the third time, he hooks up eight horses to the wagon. Now, horsepower is is exponential. So it's not like, oh, there's two horses. When you add four horses, it's actually like four times the strength, not two. Yeah. So it's not doubling it every time. This is like quadrupling, and this is an exponentially mm-hmm. large, increasing weight of a rod. Yeah. I just hope that these horses are Clydesdales. Probably Clydesdales. If you're doing like in the field work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably Those Clydesdale. big, thick ankles. <laughs> Yes, the thick angled horses. Cankled horses. Cankled horses. Clydesdales have cankles. And they're beautiful. They're very sexy cankles. They are. They're very furry. Very. We like our furry cankles. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. When the father brings home the third iron rod and the young giant breaks it, the young giant is like, you know what, Dad? You clearly can't do this right, so I'll just do it myself. Which you should have done in the first place anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can do everything so much better than your parents, why aren't you doing it? Ugh, I hate the attitude. I would root for him if he didn't have such a bad attitude He's such it. a teenager. Ugh. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's giant culture. I think it's because he's a teenager. That's part of it, too. He's got to be, like, what, 16? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 13 if he was super little when he was taken away. Okay. Yeah, so he, yeah, he's like, you can't do this, I'll do it myself. And the last time a main character irritated me this much was when I read a separate piece in high school. Did you read that book? Mm -mm. So it takes place during World War II. Um, on the East Coast at an all-boy boarding school. And it follows the story of the main character, Gene, and his best friend, Finney. 
Um, and Jean is just insanely jealous of Finney through the entire story. Like, Jean, Jean's really good at academics, I think, but Finney has, like, this athletic prowess that Jean just envies. And, like, super... He has really good social skills. Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, I appreciate Finney for who he is and I can learn some things from him, he just becomes paranoid about it and he starts telling himself that Finney is trying to sabotage everything that he's doing. And what ensues after that is, in my opinion, borderline horrific. Dang. We're not doing that story. I won't be able to handle oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I put in my notes. Maybe we should read that at some point. Nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> Too much. I can't do dark. I can't do that dark. This is this is a short story dark. That's fine. <laughs> if you're getting like two, three hours of reading at a time with that dark, I can't. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, so, yeah, I just said the last time a main character irritated me this much was when I read a separate piece. The book was great. But Gene is a piece of trash. <laughs> he is the Snape of a separate piece. Oh. There's my second. <laughs> R.I.P. Finney, you deserve better. By the way. <laughs> Shout out to everybody who knows that. Because <laughs> there's spoilers. <laughs> Don't want to spoil it. So the young giant goes out into the world, passing himself off as a journeyman blacksmith. Do you have any idea what that is? I know what a blacksmith is. Journeyman is just somebody that travels from town to town. Okay, so he's a traveling blacksmith. He's just a traveling... For hire. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He just, he's like a nomad. He's journeyman. Okay. So, he's passing himself as a journeyman blacksmith, and he encounters a miserly... Miserly. Miserly. I don't understand miser. That... I think it's just a general term for someone who is greedy and hoards. Okay. Because, yeah, when they explain this blacksmith, um, he's described as someone who couldn't bear to give anybody anything because he wanted to keep it all for himself. And the bailiff that he encounters later on is described the same way. Okay. So the young giant asks the blacksmith if he could use a journeyman, and the blacksmith basically licks his lips and rubs his, hand, his hands together like an evil villain. <laughs> That's the image that came into my brain when I read that part. So he asks the young giant how much he would like to get paid, and the young giant is like, nah fam, I don't want no money. But every two weeks, when the other journeymen get paid, you must let me give you two taps. The weirdest... So weird. Out of, out of nowhere, he's just like, I want to hit people. He's... Why is he so... But he didn't say hit. He's like, I'm just going to tap you. I just want to okay. give you a good pat on the back. But he knows his strength. Mm, yeah, but exactly. This isn't like taps on the shoulder from Hagrid. You are... I have not allowed any for the next episode. No, you don't get any more, any more references to Harry Potter. You've used them all up. Yeah, he doesn't get, yeah. This isn't, he's not like Hagrid where it's just a big meaty hand being a little too strong. This is like Ronda Rousey, this is my job and I'm going to knock you out. Like you can, you can just tell from reading yeah. the story. Like he knows what he means. Yeah, exactly. 
but the people he's talking to are either too ignorant or they don't care. They're too greedy, like this yeah. guy, thinking he's going to save all this money, but not having to pay anybody anything. Yeah, he's, I can take it. I can take yeah. a hit. Or I can weasel my way out of it. Right. So the young giant shows off the strength of the blacksmith, and when he smashes an anvil into the ground, anvil, second time, the blacksmith gets upset about that. He says, hey, you hit too hard. What kind of pay do you expect for that kind of blow? To which the young giant replies, oh, just one tiny tap. And then the young giant gave the blacksmith a kick to the rear that sent him flying through the air and grabbed the thickest rod and grabbed the thickest iron rod in the smithy and was on his way. He basically was like, I'm only here to steal something from you. Yeah, I, they, I feel like they were just both there to cheat each other. Exactly. So, it canceled out. Mm-hmm. As he traveled, the young giant came to a big farm and asked the bailiff if he needed a foreman. And the bailiff said, yes, how much pay do you want? The young giant replied with, no pay, thank you. I just ask that three times a year you let me give you three taps. Three taps he wants now. Mm-hmm. And because the bailiff was also a miser, like the blacksmith, this suited him just fine. Yep. In the morning, everyone got up and started heading out into the woods to cut down trees, but the young giant was still in bed. So one of the hired hands was like, dude, come on, we have work to do. Let's go. The young giant responded rudely with, go on ahead. I'll be done before the lot of you anyway. So full of himself. Yeah, he's really fucking like, arrogant. There is, there is, you know your station and you know your strengths or whatever and you communicate that. But you also work with people and then there's just, I'm better than you. I know I'm better than you and I'm going to treat you as less than me. That's where arrogance comes in, where yeah. you treat other people as less than you because you know that you're stronger versus communicating and working with people. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I already didn't like him with the blacksmith situation, and this, now I'm just like, I'm yeah, done with you as This human. next part, <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, I was done with him here. It was amusing up to this point. This right. point, he's, he sucks. On his way to the forest, he had to cross a ravine. After he crossed it, he made a barricade from trees and brush that he collected so that no horses could get through. Right. Because he wanted to beat people at their own game. <laughs> if you can't see me right now, which you can't, I have a are you freaking kidding me face on my face right now. <laughs> He's leaving me almost speechless. I know, it's awful. I'm so irritated. When he got to the place where all the hands had been working, they were already done and trying and getting ready to leave. This kid has taken the entire day to get out of bed. Right. I know he's strong and he can do all the work of like 10 men, but this is like excessive. He tells them to go on back and he'll be back before any of them anyway. Okay, dude. Whatever. You're not making friends. <laughs> and like in the beginning of the story instead of cutting the trees down he just rips two of the biggest trees up and puts them in his wagon and on his way back he meets the rest of the hands stuck at the ravine and because he says he blocked the way yep and he says to them you see 
If you'd stayed with me, you'd have got home just as soon, and you'd have been able to sleep an hour more. Um, okay, but I, no, he's not even done. He's not even done. Let's get there before I start ranting. <laughs> get through it, and then we can rant. <laughs> yep. So, he sees them, he says this really rude thing, and then he crosses the ravine himself with his wagon and his horses. He carries them over, and he turns back to all the other hands, and he says, You see, I've got through quicker than you, and then leaves them behind. Mm-hmm. Because they're stuck. Won't even help them. No. He made the mess for them to try to get through, causing an issue for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point, I mean, I don't know. If I was in that situation, if I would have been able to realize it, like, if I would have been clever enough, definitely I wouldn't have been able to see through my anger. But, like, would they have been able to pick up on, like, he probably did that on purpose? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. (sighs) When he gets back to the farm, he shows off his trees to the bailiff, and the bailiff says to his wife, that's a good man. He may sleep longer than the rest, but he gets back sooner. Ah. Oh, I wonder why. I wonder why. So the giant, the young giant uh, was contracted to work uh, for the bailiff for a year, and when that year was up, the other hands were paid their wages, and the young giant requested a cash-in as well. But the bailiff is scared of the young giant at this point and tries to weasel his way out of it. He suggests that the young giant becomes the bailiff, and the bailiff becomes the foreman. As payment, because it was supposed to be three taps, which at this point, they both know that three taps can be deadly. A tap can be deadly. We know that. The young, yeah, the young giant knows what he's doing. He just likes to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. And the bailiff is like, I realize that this is much more than what I can handle, and I'm scared now. Mm Mm-hmm. But the young giant's like, nope, that, that's not what we agreed on. I want what was promised to me. So the bailiff tried and tried to think. Oh, wait, I constructed this sentence weird. The bailiff tried and tried anything he could think of to get out of it, but the young giant wouldn't agree. So he asked for two weeks grace, hoping that would give him the time to think of something. The bailiff gathered his clerks together and had them brainstorm ideas. They decided that because the young giant was so strong, no man could be sure of his life, and that the bailiff should make him go down into the well and clean it, and have the other men roll one of the big millstones over and drop it on his head. Yeah, trying to crack his skull. And kill him. And kill him. That's, I mean... And millstones are, um... There's big stones carved to help grind up uh, wheat into flour. Yep. So this is a big, huge, heavy stone used to crush things into powder and dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to put some perspective on it. The bailiff went to the young giant and told him to go down into the well to clean it. And while he was down there, the other hands rolled up a big millstone and dropped it on the young giant's head. They thought they bashed his head in, but the young giant cried out, Get the chickens away from the well. They're throwing dust in my eyes. <laughs> so I think he's a... I don't think he's eight feet tall. I think he's a rather large giant. Because if that didn't bash his head in, he has to be bigger than eight feet tall. Maybe, yeah. 
or maybe giant food also is full of calcium and it just made his bones rock hard. It's very possible too. We don't know the ramifications of the giant suckling. Yeah, we <laughs> We don't know what's in giant food. I like this word suckling. This is going to no. be a thing. Yes. Oh, the word I choose is suckling. <laughs> it shouldn't give me... It's like when suckling to me is moist to everybody else. Right. <laughs> so the bailiff pretended to shoo the chickens away. He'd be like, shoo, we messed up. He goes, shoo, shoo. <laughs> Dude, they're gone. They're gone. We, we took care of them for no you. No worries. <laughs> the young giant came up when he was finished with the millstone around his neck and said, look at the nice necklace I got. So my question is, did he, is his head small enough to fit into the hole of the millstone? And is that how he's pretending it to be a necklace? Because it didn't say that he strung it around his neck. He literally just put it's the millstone around his, neck, yeah. around his neck. He put his head through the hole of the millstone. That's what makes me think he's not as tall and as big as we think he is. Because the millstone hole... It's probably that big. Mm -hmm. If you've got like a giant millstone. He's just got a little head. His head didn't grow. Oh, so his head's this. <laughs> Wait, so visually, his head is the same size, just the rest of his body? That's impressive. Wow. No wonder it didn't bash his head. They missed it. Jeez. <laughs> That's how I choose not to think of him. He's got a teeny tiny head. <laughs> when he puts the millstone on his shoulders to make it a necklace, he can't see over the millstone. So it's just this wall. <laughs> so it's just... Walking around like a blind baby. He can't see anything. He's like, look at my necklace, guys. <sighs> I have uh, one Harry Potter reference for that. That's funny. Ah, <laughs> You can't even use it. It's in book five, if you know book five. You'll understand. <laughs> so he asked the bailiff for his pay again, and the bailiff asked for two more weeks. Mm -hmm. But this time, when the bailiff asked for his clerks for advice, they suggested sending the young giant to the haunted mill to make flour at night, because no one had ever made it through the night alive. So the, the haunted mill is cursed. Yes. There is a spell on it. And now I'm like, is this going to be like the boy who left home? I hope so, because that was fun. That was a wild ride. That was a wild ride. So the bailiff sends the young giant to the mill to grind grain into flour, and when he gets there, the miller is like, yeah, you can grind all the grain you want during the day, but once nightfall comes, you have to leave or you'll be found dead by morning. And the young giant says, don't worry about me. Just go home and go to bed. Okay, smarty pants. And full of himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knows what he can do. He just doesn't have to be so jerk face about it. Well, and like if the mill's haunted, you're you being a giant might not like you don't know that that's gonna help you. Right. Spirits are weird. Mm-hmm. So he works all the way into the night, and at about eleven o'clock he sits down for a break. Then the door suddenly opens and a big table and wine and food come in, but no one was carrying them. So they're floating. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, he saw fingers handling the silverware and putting the food on plates. And he was hungry, so he sat down and started eating with relish. 
when he was done, the lights were suddenly snapped Not the out. condiment. No. <laughs> he didn't put relish on the food. He ate the food with... Vigor. Yes. And when he was done, the lights were suddenly snuffed out, and he felt something punch him right in the nose. And he says, if I get another one of those, I'm going to give it back. So it sounds like people probably get beat to death in this mill. Yeah, they're like, here, we're going to feed you all the good food, and then we're going to box you for the rest of the night. It's like a death match, like a UFC fighting, cage yeah. fighting. and if you don't have the skills, like Ronda Rousey, mm -hmm. you're dead. You are done for. Yeah. But of course, the ghost punch, punches him again, and they go back and forth all night until daybreak, and the ghosts disappear. When the miller comes back, he's very surprised to see the young giant alive. He said, you've broken the spell on my mill. Thanks. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and he offers the young giant a large sum of money. But the young giant wasn't interested. And we can... Oh, wait, no, never mind. That's not important. The young giant heads back to the farm and he tells the bailiff... He wants to collect his payment. And the bailiff is terrified. He's out of time and he's out of ideas. As he's pacing the room and sweating, he opens a window. And at that moment, the giant gives him a swift kick in the rear out the window and sends him flying high into the sky like a bird. Then the young giant turns to the wife and he says, if he doesn't come back, he'll have to take the second tap. <laughs> what the heck? I know. I'm like, leave her alone. She didn't make any deal with you. Don't make her pay a debt that isn't hers. Right. But he gives her a swift kick anyway, and sends her flying into the sky with her husband. And I'd like to read the last few sentences of the story from the book. It's great. Hold on. It's funny. Bear with the noise as I, as I find it, because it's actually freaking hilarious. It's actually probably my favorite part of the whole... It, yeah. Of the whole story. Um... Where do you want me to start? At... Okay. Uh, yeah, something right around there. Uh, da -da 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 okay. Whereupon she opened another window because the sweat was running down her forehead, and he gave her a kick that sent her, too, flying out the, of the window. But she was lighter than her husband, so she flew even higher. <laughs> come here, the husband cried. But she answered, I can't, you come here. <laughs> so they flew through the air, and they couldn't get it together. Whether they're still flying, I don't know. But I do know that the young giant took his iron bar and went on his way. And that's it. That's the end. So, I just, come here. No, I can't. You come here. They have this eternity of flying through the air trying to reach each other. What? That's a curse in and of itself. You yeah. Curse them to an eternity of being so close yet so far away. The curse is transferable. Rude. So that's the story. He probably continued on his way tapping people and... Being a jerk. Being a jerk face. And he gets all the food he needs because in those situations, the the bailiff will pay will feed them. Yep. And then at the end of all this, they get pay. And then the journeymen move on to another village to do mm -hmm. something. They're like um, my migrant workers. Mm -hmm. So I know we worked with, with migrant workers before. Um they they're they're fed and everything at the end they get pay and move on to the next season of harvest. Yep. 
So he's pretending to be, or he pretends and becomes, I guess, a migrant-type worker. Mm-hmm. Just booting people into the sky. Yeah, just really aggressive about it. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's the story. Well done. So weird. Gosh. So I don't think any of the lessons in this story come from the main character. I don't think it came from the young giant. Mm-hmm. I think the lessons came from everyone he encountered. Okay. Um, yeah, there are things we can learn from his parents. There are things we can learn from the blacksmith. There are things we can learn from the bailiff. There, well, I don't know if we can learn anything from the black or the miller. Um, I, yeah, I think most of the lessons are in the coming are come from the people he encounters. He interacts. He interacts with. Yeah, how they behave and how they treat him. Right. And less about how he treats people. We don't want to treat people the way he treats people. Yeah. If there's any lesson, it's don't be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't be that guy. Yep. So, would you like to do a blessing first, or would you like me to bless first? Um. Oh, we're there? Unless you want to talk about something else before I, we get there. I did. Okay, yes. I just had, like, my one note. Yeah, do your okay. note. So I had my one my one note. One, don't be that guy. But the, that is a part of, I don't, okay, I just didn't like this guy because he's rude and he's full of himself. And he just, he abused his power. I think he got power. You have a giant that nurtured him and showed him his potential. And he reached his potential, but he 100% abused his position and his power. And I hate that about this character, Mm -hmm. that he abused what he could have used for so much good. That's it. That's, That's my don't be that guy. Don't... Power is a tool. What makes it bad is how you use it. Intent. Intent. Back to the intent. That's why I like when you said that. Because it is about intent. A hundred percent. Do you think we could learn something about that from the old giant? Because the old giant gave him this gift. He nurtured that gift and he gave him that power. Mm -hmm. But he didn't, as far as we know, he didn't teach him anything else. He didn't teach him about how to use it how to be a good person because we're seeing this young giant through his formative years some very crucial years in his life where he's learning how to be a good person how to function in society right i think i think what happened is and this will be a part of like maybe my blessing later i think that the giant saw a potential and he knew the giant knew he wasn't going to nurture this young giant forever so he had a window, and so he had to choose what do I want to instill in this person over the years that I'm going to have him. His goal was not to have him for years and years and years and raise him to be adulthood. That was not his, his goal, because I don't think that this giant this entire time is an adulthood, so he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. I think the old giant was, I'm going to have him for a few years. What do I want to instill into him? What, do, what, what potential do I see, and what do I want to grow? And he chose to teach him strength a giant strength and use it as a tool and when he was done he released him back to his parents probably expecting his parents to teach him Mm. what parents are supposed to teach Mm -hmm. the rest of it he gave the old giant gave him a tool 
to use in his life, gave him a skill. And he believed that his parents would do the rest. But, but that's he, not how it works. But it didn't but it didn't work <laughs> that way. It, it didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It could have. Maybe the young giant messed it up himself. Maybe the I don't know. It just it didn't work that way. So that's why I, I don't yeah, there's so many unknowns. Is it the young giant's fault? Because maybe he just had he just that was his attitude, and maybe there's an old a culture that he learned from the old giant. Mm-hmm. Maybe his parents probably could have handled it different. Maybe the young giant just got mad and was like, "You're not accepting me for who I am," mm-hmm. even though like with this change, and so he flew off the handle. Like there's so many unknowns within that realm. So I don't I don't know. There's a lot of variables. There is a lot of variables, but I do So I think going back to don't abuse your power. The old giant gave him the power, but the old giant probably expected his parents to teach him how to use basic human skills, or like your social skills, being humble, being mm-hmm. respectful, those things that you you learn from your parents in that sense. But he didn't get mm-hmm. taught that for whatever circumstance and reason mm-hmm. when he got released. So is yeah. it the old giant's fault? I mean, it's the journey. All the things kind of lined up to happen this way, I guess. Well, yeah. you can't take a you can't take a child for 6 years and only teach them one thing and then expect everything else to be fine later on. Right. That's just neglect. And I I do blame the old giant for that. Mm -hmm. Whether or not he intended to be neglectful or if that's just not in his skill set, he still neglected and he not only fostered a gift, but he fostered something not good. Mm -hmm. So it's... I think the old giant is neither good nor bad. Neutral. Mm-hmm. For those that do a new alignment charts <laughs> in the world, um, he would be a true neutral. Yeah. He would be, this is the skill. Mm-hmm. Go wherever you want to go. Yep. And the boy chose to go a little bit more evil route. Which, of course, the, the old giant could not have predicted that. Mm-mm. And that's not his fault. Right. Are you ready for the blessing? I am ready for the blessing. Would you like to go first? I will go first with my blessing. I, my favorite character in this story was the old giant. Which is, I know, which is funny because you're like, this guy was probably evil and you think he's Hitler and raising an evil army. I definitely saw it as something different. I see it where, um, I bless him because I see the parallels with foster care. Mm -hmm. Though in this story, the old giant's the one that picked him up and chose to raise him. There mm-hmm. are so many situations um, where the government has to step in because the current parents aren't doing what they need to do. And they whisk the child away and they put them in this new environment. And now you have a child, you don't know his background, you know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. And you've got this time to raise this kid. To do your best. To do your best. And that's where the parallel with the giant comes in because he had, which ended up being six years, but he had this window and he had to go, 
okay, I've got this kid for this window of time. What am I going to teach him? Though it was a choice for the giant, mm-hmm. when you look at foster care, you choose to take kids or like to open your home to these kids, but you don't choose what kids. Yeah. You go, okay, this is the child that I have. I don't know anything about his background. What skills do I want him to take from the, when he goes back to his parents? Because most of the time they can go back to their parents as long as the parents kind of mm-hmm. shape up. What do I want to teach this kid? What do, what tools, what what emotional tools, what physical tools mm-hmm. do I want to give this child? Coping mechanisms, skills, Can they do they know how to do dishes? What do I want to focus on? Because you can't focus on everything. Mm-hmm. When you have your own child, you've got 18 years to work on stuff. So it might be a year. Sometimes it's six months. Mm-hmm. And who knows? So you've got to figure out where this child is at, where you want him to go, and you work with him. So that's why I... I appreciate this, this old giant going, you're not getting what you need, maybe. I see a potential that you can grow in. I know there's a lot wrong. I'm going to focus on this one thing because I know this I can do for you, and hopefully you will take the skill and use it for good. So that's why I like the old giant, mm-hmm. and that's why I bless him for for him fostering, doing a foster care situation, an adoptive foster care, and then releasing him and just hoping for the best and going, mm-hmm. and that's all you can do. My job is done. My job is done. Now it is your turn to do with and become the person that you want to be. I've given mm-hmm. you a tool. And then stepping back and go, how are you going to use it? Yep. So that's, that's I know we kind of have opposite views, but <laughs> I know we fostered as growing up as, mm-hmm. as a kid. My family did foster care, so that's why I was like, I like him. Though I don't think that it was a good idea to steal a child no <laughs> maybe yeah. that wasn't right but the the core concept of fostering a kid and doing what you can do in the short amount of time that you have with a child and trying to get them to a place where they can sustain themselves for the future that I do appreciate so I bless the old giant for that yep I would like to bless the young giant's father oh the poor man had his son taken away from him for several years, and when he came back home, he was a fearsome giant. And his son ate all of the food in the house and wasn't satisfied with anything they did for him. He was completely unappreciative. But he did everything for his son anyway, mm-hmm. even though it was out of fear. He was a good father. He loved his boy. He took care of his son. He tried to protect him. And that's noble. Right. So I want to bless all parents willing to welcome their children back into their homes after they've been gone. Especially when their children are being a pain and greedy (laughs) and ungrateful like the young giant was. Nice. So I bless the foster parents. And you bless the real parents doing their best. I like that. We did good. We did really good. (laughs) Um, next. Next story. Oh, yeah. Two weeks from now. So we our next story is um, The Princess and the Bowling Ball. Yeah. Which is a spin on The Princess and the Pea. Mm-hmm. Um, which, oddly, too, uh, reading it and kind of going over my my mental notes, is also going to be about parenting. Yeah. A little bit. So that's, that's going to be really fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like how we kind of do themes. So, yeah, next, uh, our short story, our shorter story will be The Princess and the Bowling Ball from... Stinky Cheese Man and other fairly stupid tales. Yep. 
So you can you can probably also find someone reading it on YouTube if you don't have that book. Mm-hmm. There's so, lots of resources. Yeah. It's very simple. We've looked up YouTube people reading it, so mm-hmm. yeah. it's fun. All right. Thanks, guys. Well done. For episode listening. three. Yeah. Did we Snaps. name this episode? Nope. Nothing came up? What do you think? I will think of something. Well, we, while we're I'm supposed editing. to name them in the episode. No, not always. Okay. Next episode, we probably will, though. Probably. I feel like we will. Okay. All right. Ready? Snap. SMR, SMR, ASMR. ASMR. Snap cup. Snap cup. All woods. Okay, bye. Bye. You just listened to a fairly ridiculous podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Want to join the conversation or have a request? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at AFR Podcast. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash fairly ridiculous. So please leave us a review, but only if it's ridiculous.